0: Welcome back. This is Nyoka. And I'm Rachel. And we are Operation Evil. And we actually have some business to talk about today. Uh, We officially got over our thousand downloads. So um, Rachel and I will be having an episode with drinks involved. Lucky for you guys, you get to listen to it. It'll be a fiasco. Yes. I don't know what it's going to be about yet, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good time. It will be. Yeah, and I've Better. never <laughs> more fun than today's story. Way more fun than today's story. So back to the downer. Mm. Uh, this story um, is another local Covington, Kentucky story. It's my dog? <laughs> no, I was thinking of the fan. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. You know what? We need to. Th- Hold on. You talk to the people while I turn off the fan. So as she was saying, the story
1: is based in Covington, Kentucky. Oh my gosh. I forgot. <laughs> Didn't want you to hear all that noise in the background.
0: I mean, we could start over, but then, or we could cut it out, but then we have to cut it all out. Yeah, that's not, not us. We're just not doing it.
1: So, um, continue
0: with what you were saying. I already forgot. Oh, yeah. This was a local local story in the late 80s. In Covington, Kentucky. Rachel picked this one. It's a doozy. And we will be giving you warnings throughout. So, um, Just prepare. Yeah. Just to prepare you a little bit. This is not for um, everybody, I guess. But this story is about... Jennifer Sue Isles. And I'm going to bring you back to um, the funeral. So as her parents attended her funeral Monday, they had to be aware that their grief was shared by the entire area. When a child dies in a, in any circumstance, no sense of loss can approach That felt by the parents. A child, after all, symbolizes the marriage itself. A child is a token of love and hope and faith in the future. The message of Jenny Sue Isles, her cruel death, is a challenge to those who she left behind. A challenge to become better, more caring, more loving people. As care and compassion and love spread, there will be fewer tragedies, like the one visited upon this Covington family.
1: Jennifer was born February 2nd, 1982, in Covington, Kentucky, and she died April 21st, 1989, in Covington, Kentucky. Jennifer is buried in Highland Cemetery in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. So just a little bit to let you know about Jenny, one of the things that we found out about her was that she knew all the words to Jesus Loves Me. It was a song that she learned in summer Bible school. And her parents, she was singing to her parents all the time, evidently. Um, so at her funeral, Reverend Bill Stith, was also, which was also a chaplain for the Covington Police Department, he was helping patrol on April April twenty first, the night Jenny was reported missing. Um her parents reported her missing at around nine fifty PM. And again, that was on April was that April twenty first yeah. when she was reported missing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um Reverend Bill Smith, he was the person that officiated the the funeral. He comforted he comforted the family. With this quote, Jenny Sue is not on Banklick Street anymore. She has moved up the block. She's on Hallelujah Avenue. And also he said, we cannot bring Jenny back, but bless God one day we shall go to her. And at the funeral, they sang Amazing Grace. That makes
0: me so sad. I know.
1: But what comforting word, you know, comforting words to to try to make them feel so much better. Um, so now we're gonna go to um,
0: uh, just a little description of Jenny. A little bit more of a description. Okay, um, which I can help you with that. So Jenny was a little blonde, blue eyed Covington girl um, who disappeared from her neighborhood. April twenty first, while walking from her home to that of a playmate's, um, her parents reported her missing that evening around nine fifty p.m. and the police had no suspects. And the body um, on May uh, let me go back on May first, nineteen eighty nine, um, the body of Jenny was discovered at around two fifteen p.m by an unidentified man looking for aluminum cans in the boarded up house. Uh, the body was that of a young girl clothed the same way Jennifer was when she left home. Um, it said that she was wearing blue shorts and a blue and white shirt. We have a
1: timeline of events, but one thing I kind of wanted to go back to that I forgot to mention a while ago, (laughs) um, So I don't know if any of you listened to the last episode where it was the one where we were talking about spooky tales. It might've been actually the uh, two episodes ago, but it was just a goofy episode. But in the episode I mentioned that my husband talks about walking past a dumpster and smelling something. And it turned out to be a dead body. Well, that's who we're talking about. And I'm not saying that to be disrespectful, so please, you know, again, if you are family members or you know these people, please don't think that. Um, but my husband grew up in that area, and, you know, like I said before, he was walking home from school, and he would walk past this house on Chesapeake where Jenny was found, and <clears throat> he would walk, like, on the back side of the house. He would walk... um There was, like, railroad tracks behind the house. So he would cut across the railroad tracks from school, and he would, every so often, he would smell this. He didn't, he he was, like, uh, eight or nine at the time, so he doesn't remember, like, how long it it was. He honestly thought that it was a dead a dead animal. Yeah. And it's kind of stuck with him all these years, because... I remember even when we were younger, he, he had mentioned her and you know how, when you're learning to know things about each other, you just kind of tell things that has happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's mentioned her quite a few times. And even the other day when I said, Oh yeah, Nayoka and I, I was telling Nayoka about that. He, he just, you know, her name, Jenny. Oh, Jenny Isles. Yeah. I mean, he's never forgotten her. Um, so he said that he was walking from Scott street, um, toward 12th street, which is where he grew up. And when he got home from school one day, his mom, he said he walked past the TV and he saw himself on TV. So that's what he was talking about when he was talking about, you know, a news camera crew and all that. And he said he got in trouble by his mom because she saw him walk across the tracks on the TV. Busted. Busted. But you know, it's also just to give you a little bit of an insight on how the community was affected Um, His mom, Gary, my husband Gary had a sister that was four at the time, and Alicia was back behind their house at at a friend's house playing, and she was supposed to be outside, so when Gary's mom went to yell for her and there was no answer, she just immediately was freaking out. So, it was just filled in the neighborhood, like, everyone was looking for Jenny. Um. So, which brings me to my next point. Which is... The timeline. <laughs> so, like we said before, she was reported missing on April 21st, 1989, around 9.50 p.m. On It was about a 10-day search. On April 27th, um, Albert Smith and Keel Hilbert... They use their dogs to help search DeVue Park. DeVue Park is about 1.7 miles or a seven-minute drive from where Jenny lived, which was on Banklick Street. On April 28th, a witness says she gave Jenny directions and saw her headed south down 16th Street towards 16th and Euclid. So, like, just imagine, like, If you were headed back toward, and I just compare Latonia, because that's where I'm familiar with that area. So, like, if you're just, picture if you're headed back toward that way, not toward where 12th Street used to be, or where it is now, where they tore down all the houses. Um, So, like I said, it was about a 10-day search. And then at 8.55 p.m., like, Nyoka, I believe, already talked about this, her body was found. On May 1st 1989 and it was found in the abandoned house 1417 Chesapeake Street and her body was taken to the state's medical examiner's office in Frankfort, Kentucky Sue and Jerry which were her parents were taken to the Covington Covington Police Department and there's just a, a quote that was by Gene Parks her uncle that was recorded um, he says it's a terrible tragedy I guess it's something that was in the back of everybody's mind. You think you're prepared. And that was in response to them learning about finding Jenny.
0: Oh. Yeah. Now I do want to mention um, her address at the time was 1013 Banklet Street. And the building that she was found in was condemned by the city. And, and it was in badly... Um, deteriorated conditions. Um, okay. So Sergeant Hank Warden of the Covington police department said the state medical examiner's office positively identified the seven-year-old girl during an autopsy information regarding the time and cause of death will not be released. A crew of forensic specialists worked for two days in Frankfurt to make certain the body was the girl. We have to look at everything like we're going to court. We have to remove that reasonable doubt. David Jones, the medical examiner, administrator, the administrator said from Frankfurt. Um, and I will say that even though they didn't disclose any information on her death, um, you found out, actually, that it was determined that her death was actually within one day of her disappearance, which I think they do say in children's um, missing cases that the first 24 hours is very critical. Mm -hmm. So that would be in line with that. Um, Jones was the investigator at the death scene. He said that every available forensic specialist in the state was working on the case. Um, There was little doubt that the death was a homicide Um, it's even quoted, I don't feel Jenny Isles crawled into that building on her own and met with an untimely death. Accidentally, police records revealed that Dr. David Wolf of Kentucky medical examiner's office, um, determined the body was struck in the head with a light, um, objects like one to two feet long. That would be consistent of, uh, the weight and size of a broom handle. Records also show that police removed a stick Tuesday from the house where the body was discovered about six blocks from her home. But there was no leads or suspects at the time of this discovery. Oh, and one more thing that I do want to mention. Mm-hmm. Let me go back here. So um because I'm not sure if we talked about this anywhere else but i want to make sure i say it there was a whole lot of coverage on her missing i just want to throw that out there they did a whole lot of newspaper and television coverage the owner of the premises um well actually we'll probably get into this later but anyway what it comes down to is the only access to that building was through a window which was too high to reach except by climbing on a cinder block and a cinder block yeah so you didn't have a whole lot of options of getting into this
1: and and they said that, that the house was searched right and that the, yeah. the owner repeatedly like checked up on the property yes but like she said we'll get into that more
0: yes but I felt like that was important to again and of mention
1: yeah because I think I kind of touched on the the community but not so much the the media Right. Yeah. Um, So there was a suspect that they did eventually come to. There was a man named um, Michael Funk. Was that it? Funk was his last name. And um, so he was already in jail for a prior conviction. And so I'm just going to kind of read to you from this article where it starts when they start talking about Michael Funk. An Ohio prisoner charged with the April 21st killing of seven-year-old Jenny Sue Isles in Covington, Kentucky, denies that he was responsible for the girl's death. I did not do it, Michael Funk, 23, said Wednesday in an interview with the Cincinnati Inquirer at the Warren Correctional Institute where he is awaiting extradition to Kentucky for trial. Warren Correctional is in Ohio. Um, So Funk said information police used in seeking the December 1 indictment against him probably came from an inmate that he befriended while being held in the Hamilton County Justice Center for sexual assault on another girl. So Funk, you know, is already denying it. So... On back in May. So so turn so oh my gosh. <laughs> we need to cut that shit out. <laughs> that shit out. <laughs> this has been another rough one, I tell yeah. you. It has. So back it up a little bit here. Back it up. Back it up. So they suspect this man because he was in jail and his cellmate reported to him to the police that I guess, you know, he was bragging about what he did to this girl that he confessed to him. So they end up going to the, the Covington police. They start investigating, you know, him. They took samples of his hair in May of 1989 from his residence And then they took clothing in August from his residence. He lived in an apartment in Norwood, and he lived with, um, he had a girlfriend at the time that he shared the apartment with. And some of the clothing that they took was some of his girlfriend's uh, jeans. And then, so he was in jail already since April 25th, and he was serving a four- to ten-year sentence for gross sexual imposition on a 19-month-old child.
0: That he was babysitting,
1: too, right? Yes. They also took a wood chip that was wedged in one of Funk's boots, some dirt from a wor- workshop vacuum cleaner, and, and like I said, the the clothes that belonged to his girlfriend. It was, it was eight pairs of blue jeans. And, you know, her thing was... She thought it was kind of odd that they took those items in like May and August and then didn't arrest him until December first. But I mean, they were conducting an investigation. I think you know it's
0: kind of odd that he had a girlfriend to begin with. Yeah, especially after that. right. It's just my two cents. So so they have him arrested, and then so now we're moving on to the trial. Yes, which I also need to backtrack to. The trial began September 5th, 1990, but I am going to throw out some major warnings. This is very gruesome, detailed descriptions of Jenny's condition um, when she was discovered. This is not for everyone, So if you want to skip ahead a little bit, a few minutes, now would be the time to do it. I'm just going to give you a moment to skip ahead. All right, so those that are still here, um, when the body was found, it was extensively decomposed and partially skeletonized. It was also infested with maggots and... The flesh of the child's thigh had been torn away in a manner which, according to the Commonwealth's forensic anthropologist, was consistent with dogs having attacked the victim and dragged her partially decomposed body to her final resting place. Traces of body substanc- substances, can't speak, Same. left on the floor confirm this. And I'm going to talk about the photographs as well. If you are still listening and don't want to hear this again, this is your warning. Um, Six different photographs were admitted, and they included close-ups of various rotting and decomposed portions of the victim's head, neck, and thigh, massive maggot infestation, Uh, The area where the flesh had been torn away from the thigh by dogs and the torso with the child's garment pushed up towards her waist and legs sprawled in a position that suggested sexual assault, other photographs, and, well, basically the child's body had been dragged across the floor, savaged by dogs, so they didn't really, they say they didn't really depict the cause of death nor the condition or location of the body at the time of death. So the Commonwealth argues the photographs were properly omitted to show the condition of the room. And because the Commonwealth's experts were referred to the photographs and testifying, the most offensive pictures were not offered as evidence while the Commonwealth's experts were testifying But at a later time, after the pathologist testifying for the defense, challenged some of the conclusions from the Commonwealth's pathologists, Nothing was apparent in the pictures which could have possibly assisted the jury in deciding this disputed testimony. The pictures were repulsive and extremely offensive by any standard, even considering the extent of which the public had been desensitized by modern day television. However, the general rule is that a photograph, otherwise admissible, does not become inadmissible simply because it is gruesome and the crime is heinous. So the photographs here extended the bounds of explanation. So basically they're arguing about the photographs. Like, what? how is this relevant to her death? This was... Yeah, because they're saying that the
1: photographs don't show the true, uh,
0: what do you call that, depiction of her death. Right. Instead, it showed mutilation from canines and um,
1: what happened to her body after she died and
0: whatnot. Yeah. Um, There's some horrible stuff. Like uh, while the expert witness testified. That there was uh, like a maggot infestation in the genital area uh, was consistent with trauma caused by digital penetration. And while this was the contested issue because of testimony from the appealant expert looking at the pictures does not assist in resolving the conflict. It only generates shock and repulsiveness in the viewer. And it was also quoted that imprinting a lasting inflammatory image in the minds of the jurors far outweighs the relevant value of the photographs may have. It's a whole lot of mess with these photographs. Mm -hmm.
1: But, I mean, it comes down to he suffocated her Mm -hmm. and there was suspicion
0: of sexual abuse. Yes. I mean, that guy was already locked up for that. Right. Sexual abuse. Yeah. We're mean
1: mugging each other. We are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was found guilty. A jury of four men and eight women deliberated for 29 hours mm. after listening to 13 days of testimony. Um, and this, the, the trial was in Kenton County. And so the jurors got to listen to and review videotaped testimony by 21 witnesses who gave conflicting statements about where Funk was when Jenny Sue Isles was killed. The trial was, oh man, when did we say the trial was? September, September
0: 1990?
1: Yes. Okay. So she was found in April and then
0: September 5th,
1: 1990. Okay. So she was found April 21st. He was indicted on in December. Yep. And then the trial was say again, September 5th, 1990, 1990. All right. So the jury also asked to review testimony by an inmate, which I was referring to earlier at the Hamilton County, Ohio justice center, Uh, The inmate said that Funk confessed to killing Jenny while he was a prisoner on an unrelated child molestation charge. The jury recessed Wednesday without reaching a verdict and was to resume deliberations today with, so ended up they charged him with murder and first degree burglary. Murder was only, um, Second degree, I I think it was manslaughter. Yes. And he ended up getting, was it 30 years, 20 for the burglary, and then 10 for the manslaughter. But he was to serve those consecutively. Yes.
0: But this, this whole trial was a mess. Um, between the pictures, the different... Um, I think there were like records that weren't brought into evidence at the proper time. Yeah, supposedly um, there was discovery
1: that wasn't, yeah. And then given all the different the
0: defense. yeah, and then like the all the different witnesses saying different things. It was so what happened <laughs> ultimately is that he was acquitted of the charges. And I think this was around 1992ish or so. Sounds about right. So, here we are. We're upset, right? Because if he did it, he just got acquitted. And, oh, this part. (laughs) It's so
1: hard to say.
0: It is. So, he got acquitted of the charges that he killed the Northern Kentucky girl. And is going back to prison in Ohio for violating parole on a sex conviction involving another girl. Ohio parole officer said Michael Funk failed to report as ordered July 8th and 9th. He was arrested and held until Monday when parole authorities cited to return him to prison. Funk was acquitted this spring on charges. He killed seven-year-old Jennifer Isles of Covington, Kentucky. His parole stemmed from a 1989 conviction of gross sexual imposition involving an 18-month old girl he was babysitting he was sentenced to four to ten years he served two and a half before being paroled to the custody of kentucky authorities on charges of the isles case
1: okay so this piece of crap served two and a half years for Mm -hmm. sexually abusing this baby girl yeah and then gets extradited to kentucky for the
0: trial and gets acquitted
1: how long was he in jail? So if he if he went to prison in, say, 89, yeah, and let's say he got out in 92,
0: yeah. it, then... Then he immediately violated his parole and went back in.
1: Yeah. We couldn't find an exact date of this article that Naoka just read, but yeah, so we're going to guess it's around 92. Yeah. I want to say I saw
0: something for 94, but
1: that could totally
0: be wrong. You could be right. I don't know. The dates are really hard. The articles that we did find didn't include the dates on all of them. So mm-hmm. we were having to look back on the calendar and when <laughs> things were happening. But they range anywhere
1: from nineteen eighty nine to about nineteen ninety two because the information that we found about the you know, the appeal process was about nineteen ninety two. So that's that's why we're guessing that year.
0: Yeah, and I know we didn't really talk about this, but I find it a little funny that, um, well, let's see, let me pull the area. Oh, here,
1: 1991, there was a pro bono case.
0: There was?
1: Yeah, that um, lawyers, something about between Kenton County and Boone County, like they were, it was like a pro bono case to help get him out or something. Because. Oh. Um, there was a September 24th, 1992, there was a rehearing denied in January 20, January 21, 1993, there was a hearing that was denied. So September 24th, 1992, that's why where I got that date of 92, guessing that that's when he got out. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) We don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I even found an article though how the county must pay um, his fees yeah um, Kent county circuit judge ordered the court to pay more than fourteen thousand five hundred dollars in expenses to one of his attorneys who defended Michael funk um so I wonder if that is in relation to the pro bono thing then
1: like I wonder if his his if, if his that's lawyer- connected right
0: um, I don't know, but uh, I I don't know. They were adding up the costs and, and I don't know, trying to figure all that out. But I thought it was interesting that they were like, there's an old article on, you know, these attorneys' money. And yeah. there's the breakdown of it.
1: You but, could go into a whole, um, another story with that and his, and his appeal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of his attorneys, um. It's Deanna Denison, and she's fantastic. That's all I gotta say about her. <laughs> she's great. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Enough about that. About that. Uh, oh, we did find, like, comments that people left for Jenny, which was pretty nice. If you go on... I just... I went down this rabbit hole of Ancestry, Find a Grave... Down to comments people left, down to everybody else's obituaries, and <laughs> it was just whatever. But It's just really nice to put
1: comments, because yes. I, you know, I've been hearing about, I knew the name Jenny Isles for all these years, mm-hmm. and just to hear what people actually said about her is really nice. Yeah, so we thought we would read some for mm-hmm. you, if you want to start it out. The, uh, this first one is re- more recent, September of 2020. Um, They said, play
0: in paradise, my school day's friend. Miss you a lot. Aww. I know. Um, I was only a year older than Jenny when she died, but I remember hearing about her on the news. So sad. I wonder what her life would have been like if she lived. Makes me so grateful I had a chance to safely grow up. I know. We're looking at each other like with sad faces.
1: I remember following the story when I was younger. I was thinking
0: about her today and decided to look her up. Rest in peace, Jenny. I attended John G. Carlisle with Jenny. I didn't know her very well, but her life and death affected me greatly for years. I know that my words can't undo the grief that her loss has given you. But may you find comfort in knowing that the kids who knew her from all those years ago have not forgotten her as adults. God bless Jenny and her family. Oh, that one. I know. Yeah. And that was left in 2014. If this says anything about how much of an impact this little girl made on people, oh my God. Definitely. To my little playmate
1: from so long ago. I just wanted to drop you a line and let you know you are not forgotten. I know you're resting with the Lord now, and you're good. May you
0: rest in peace, my friend. We all love you and miss you very much, but we know that you are in a better place, and we will meet again someday. Love you forever and always. Aunt Sherry. Aww. This was a response to a question...
1: What's one thing you will always think of when you remember Jennifer? And someone replied, Her beautiful spirit, she was a beautiful and remarkable girl. We love you, Jenny Sue Isles. Rest in peace, baby girl. And that was left in September 11th,
0: 2002. Wow. So many good things. People really have not forgotten her. There's a blog out there that uh, I wanted to recommend, and it will be linked to the sources and the show notes um, or description. It'd be the very last one. But if you go to that, it is by, it's a blog by Amanda Lee. Was it Leanne? Leanne, I think. Leannon.
1: Leonin or
0: Leannon? Anyways, um, she paints a really beautiful Story about Jenny. Um, I'll just read just this very first little, just a little snippet. Just a little snippet. Um, When Jenny visited, she sat on a brown on our brown shag carpet and folded her legs beneath her. She watched television while adults moved through the space around her, all quiet and content in her breathing. She didn't draw attention to herself in the way that I always did with my temper tantrums and neediness. She was quiet even when she wants it. She never asked for anything, my godfather once told me, just water. I imagine her drinking from a pink plastic cup, eyes looking up at me over the rim, a bead of sweat running down the side of her face. The box fan whirls in the window, cutting rays of sun to pieces, light then dark then light. That's just a little... She definitely paints a picture of what it was like back in 1989. She does. She does so. Um, if you're looking for a good read, definitely check out this blog. And she also has pictures and articles and all of these things really connected to the case. We found a lot of information on on those mm-hmm. through her. But if you'd like to check that out, like I said, it will be in the link of all our sources and I think that's all we got for you guys That's that was a really tough one to go through it was very rough I apologize about it being so graphic in some areas but thanks for hanging in there if you're still there you got anything to say nope no <laughs> no it's a
1: repeat of last week where it was so somber. It was. It feels very sad. It was a lot. It was a lot of stuff. But, you know, we just felt
0: the strong need to get Jenny's story out there. Yes. And since we're all local here, mm-hmm. if you know the family or you have any bits and pieces of the story you'd like to share, and we can always do a follow-up Please reach out to us. We would love to hear from you.
1: Yeah, just even too if you have a, a, a funny story you want to share
0: about her, about Jenny. Yeah, we would be very, very happy to follow up with any information. Um, you can contact us on our Gmail, which is operation evil podcast at gmail.com. You can reach us on our Facebook page, Operation Evil. Um you can reach us on Instagram but that's not my favorite site for some reason I don't know and it's not I'm not as active there I'll get better eventually. Um thank you for continuing to hang with us. Yes. Thank you for all the downloads. Yes. Thank you for everything <laughs> and we're going to definitely um bring you guys some fun. We're soon. still
1: working on that big project.
0: Yeah, we don't know if we'll ever get it done at this point. <laughs> we will eventually. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe in 3,000 downloads. It <laughs> might point. be. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So I will also be posting pictures of Jenny on our Facebook and Instagram. Yes. All of yes. those things. Yes. All right. That's all we got for you. So we're going to go ahead and say goodbye. Bye.